Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Now, we've been talking about prayer. Last time I gave you a recipe for prayer, Pastor Allen asked me to, to speak on prayer again. He's been teaching on prayer. So tonight I'm going to talk to you about persistence in prayer, persistence in prayer. But before I get into that scripture, there's a scripture that I quoted to you last week, and it's, I quote it almost every time I teach. I usually just quote the last couple of lines, but I ask them to put the whole scripture up because it's a powerful scripture on prayer. And this is what it says. Confess to one another your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray for one another. Now, I'll stop there just for a second. Why would I want to tell you my weaknesses? I, I'm not really sure I want to tell you my weaknesses, but the Lord is telling us something. In the body of Christ, if we want to see our faith work, instead of criticizing one another, we need to be so loving toward one another that when I come to you and tell you I'm having a problem and I need you to pray with me, that I can depend on you to pray for me and not talk about me. And that's, now I want you to, I wanted you to see that because I want you to see that the last part of it depends on the first part. So we need to confess our faults to one another and to pray for one another that we may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. Now this is the part that I always like to quote when I'm teaching on prayer. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man or woman makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. That's the potential of your prayer. That's the potential of your prayer. But it's not just a casual, sweet, once in a while prayer. It's the person who learns the secret of persistence in prayer. Jesus taught a lot in parables. And, um, and you know, do you know what a parable is? How many of you know what a parable is? Uh, the word parable in Greek is parabole, and it means to throw alongside. That's interpreted, it means to throw alongside. What a parable is, is a story about ordinary things, easily understood things, that illustrate a deep spiritual truth. So when Jesus told a parable, there was a deep spiritual secret in every one of those parables. It's wonderful to study them and to see what Jesus was saying because he was teaching farmers, he was teaching ordinary people. And so I'm going to share a parable about prayer. He actually says in the very first line of the parable, it's about prayer. And um, so this is a parable about prayer, and it's found in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. So let's look at it together. Then Jesus told his disciples, now he's talking to his disciples. He's not talking to people that are not his disciples. He's talking to disciples. He told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Say, always pray, never give up. Say it again. Always pray, never give up. Okay. Then he gives them an illustration. In a certain town, there was a judge. By the way, here's a little insight on parables. He never gives names in parables. If he ever gives a name, it's not a parable. And there is a particular narrative in the Bible that a lot of people say is a parable, but it gives a name. So it's not a parable because it's always a certain man, a certain woman, a certain whatever. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge 
who neither feared God nor cared about people or cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my enemy. So there's the two characters, an unjust judge, a difficult judge. You know, if you get called into court, you don't want to get an unjust judge. You want to get a friendly judge. If you can get a Christian judge, that's a good thing. But you don't want to get a judge like this. But this poor widow, that she had no choice. This was the judge she came to see. And so for some time, he refused. He said, I'm not going to do this for you. Just get out of my sight. He refused. But finally, he said to himself, I love what he said, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. <laughs> and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And then he brings in a third character, God. He says, now think about God. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, I think it's interesting that he threw this line in. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? That's a good question, isn't it? He's been talking about prayer. And now he asks the disciples this question. When I return, after I ascend to heaven, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? Well, I just want to yell out, yes, here I am and I have faith. And you should be like that too. Every day you say, Lord, here I am. Use me any way you want to, to bring your kingdom to the earth. I believe you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. So we're going to talk about the persistence of this woman. The purpose of this parable is to teach us that we should always pray and never give up. There's a scripture in Galatians that says, in due season you will reap. I'll, I'll give it to you later in the teaching, but it says that. In due season you will reap. If you don't get weary, if you don't faint and give up. So persistence continues on until the answer comes. The key persistence, the comparison, an unjust judge, and our God. Last time I taught you, I ended with my favorite scripture on prayer. And guys, it's at the very end, but all of a sudden I'd like to put it up. Is it possible? They're wonderful. You know, they'll probably say ugly things about me later. But <laughs> why did she do that? But uh, if you'll put that up, I knew you could find it. No, the next one, the very last one. The, in Isaiah, the Lord has set watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem who will never hold their peace day or night. I'm quoting it. It's not up there yet. Here it comes. Who will never hold their peace day or night. You who are God's servants and by your prayers... I'll just quote it. And by your prayers, put the Lord in remembrance. Give him no rest. Give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem, whatever you're praying for. So this is persistence. That's persistence. That's persistence. My daddy, my daddy was a wonderful man, and occasionally my daddy would take me fishing. My husband would tell you I'm not a fisherwoman. But I used to love to go fishing with my dad. We'd go down near Corpus, and, and we'd get a motel, and we'd fish. And when my daddy would tell me, we're going to go fishing, I'm going to take you fishing, I would drive him crazy until we went. Because he worked, I knew when he was going to get off. I, I knew that, it, that, that he worked 30 days and he was off 15. He was a Houston ship channel pilot. And I, that whole 30 days, now, Dad, don't forget, 
we're going fishing when you get off. We're going, don't forget, Dad, we're going fishing. Now, you're not going to take my brother, Jerry. You're taking me. I don't want Jerry to go. Just me and you, Dad. We're going fishing. I drove him crazy. I gave him no rest, and you know it didn't bother him at all. He was thrilled because I was excited about spending some time alone with my dad. And, and that's the way God is. And in your prayers, that's what he wants. Get up on the walls of prayer and just pray and be persistent. And don't give him any rest day and night. Don't forget, Lord. Don't forget, Lord. Don't forget, Lord. You said, you said. And quote his word back to him. He knows what he said. But he loves for you to quote it back to him. Our faith is reflected in our persistence in prayer. How much you believe God, how much you trust God, is reflected in your persistence in prayer. Persistence in prayer involves discipline. Anybody can pray a sweet little, now I'll lay me down to sleep prayer. But if you're going to be persistent, you need to discipline yourself. Knowing the Word of God requires discipline. Walking in faith requires discipline. Developing a spirit of giving that brings prosperity into your life requires discipline. Everything worthwhile in your life requires discipline. And discipline is not easy. But boy, it's so rewarding. Persistence, this is what persistence does. Persistence gets a clear picture in your mind of what you expect to receive from God. And then you find a scripture that goes with what you're desiring from God, a scripture to bring back to God. Some, a friend and I were praying for their child who had been stopped and, and uh, had been uh, by the police and had been given a ticket and had to go to court, and they were guilty. They did what they were accused of doing. They did it. And, so, and it was a long procedure. It was months and months and months before they finally they went back to court three times before they finally got their turn to stand before the judge. And so we began to pray. And after we'd prayed for a while, the Lord gave me a scripture in, in Job for them. And this is what it says. I will save the one for whom you intercede, even though they are not innocent. I will save them through the cleanness of your hands. So it wasn't dependent on that kid. It was dependent on the hands of the people who were praying. And they, the case was dismissed. They, didn't, they, they were given mercy. Why were they given mercy? Because of prayer. Because their mom was praying, had her friends praying with her. We were reminding the Lord, Lord, you said you would save them even though we know they're guilty. We're not saying they're not guilty. We're not even saying that we want you to tell them they're not guilty, but we want you to give them mercy. Save them. Save them. And he did. And he did. And he'll do the same for you. Persistence gets a clear picture in their mind of what they expect to receive based on the promises in the word. And then they speak that promise back to God. Daniel is a good example of that. Do you know the Bible says that Daniel fasted and prayed for three full weeks? Now, I got to tell you, I'm good at praying, but I'm not good at fasting. My husband will tell you, I need three nice meals a day. And if you don't give me food, I get really cranky. I think my daughter and younger people call it hangry. I get hangry. I like to eat. But Daniel, 
Daniel wanted to hear from God. He was in captivity along with his whole nation. And he wanted to hear from God. He had looked and he saw that the time of the captivity was just about up. And he knew God wanted to do something wonderful. So he prayed for three full weeks. And he fasted for three full weeks. At the end of that time, he had a visitation from an angel. That would be exciting, wouldn't it? In Daniel 10, verse 12 and 13, it says this. Then the angel said to Daniel, Do not fear, Daniel. For from the first day you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Now, that's an interesting thought, and, and I'll hold that there because I want to talk about the first one first. He said, from the first day you called out, your prayer was heard. Well, then why do we have to pray a long time? I don't know. Well, we're going to find out why Daniel had to pray a long time right here. But from the first day, you need to know that. When you open your mouth the first time and say, Lord, I need, he hears you. He hears you. And, he, and the angel came because of his words. Now, listen to what he said. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, another angel, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. So there was a battle that had to go on in the heavenlies for Daniel to get his answer. This was an answer that would not just impact Daniel. And the enemy knew that. Satan knew that. He knew that what the angel was going to share with Daniel would impact us all these years later and give us insight into the plan of God. And he didn't want man to have that. So he sent a a demonic prince to stop it, to stop the angels of the Lord. Do you really think that happens? I know that happens. I know there are demonic princes over nations and over, over situations. And I know that warring angels of God often have to come and fight to get through to get us our answer. But the good news is we win. They always win. They always win. Years ago, there was a guy named Peretti who wrote two books on prayer that illustrate this point. They were fiction, but boy, they were great books. One of them was called Piercing the Darkness, and the other one was called This Present Darkness. And now, this was at least 30, 35 years ago that these books came out. But they, they talked about a little old lady praying and the angels of the Lord that were warring. And when she stopped praying, they stopped warring. It was just powerful. It really made me understand the power of persistence in prayer. We don't know what's going on in the spirit world. I can't see into the spirit world. Can you? All in this room, there are angels. The Bible says the angels of the Lord encamp round about those who love him. Do you love him? I love him. So there are angels all in this room. I can't see them. There may be demonic powers outside. I don't think we'll let them in. They ran when we started worshiping. But there are demonic powers. I can't see them in the world, but they're there. And so I know that when I pray, I activate the word of God, and it gives those angels what they need to do the work God has sent them to do. Daniel is such a good example of that. Notice Daniel's prayer was heard the first day, but there was a spiritual battle that had to be fought before the answer came. Lack of persistence prayer is one of the main reasons people do not receive their answer to prayer. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I would guess that a large percentage of the people in this room have prayed and it, and it seemed like God didn't answer them. And the real thing was you weren't persistent. You gave up before the answer came. Make up your mind that'll never happen again. 
that'll never happen again. God can depend on you to be persistent. In Galatians 6 verse 9, um, this is the scripture I quoted a minute ago. Let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint and acting nobly and doing right. For in due season, in due season, and at the appointed season, we will reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. And that word faint means give up. It could mean just fall out on the floor. But, it, it, but in the case of prayer, it means to give up. Don't give up. Don't let anything cause you to give up. Don't let people cause you to give up. Don't let circumstances cause you to give up. Now, notice it said in due season. So I want to talk to you for just a minute about seasons of prayer. Because there are seasons of prayer. Just as there are natural seasons, there are spiritual seasons. And in the book of Isaiah, the Lord speaks to us and gives us insight about persistence in prayer when he talks about seasons. And this is, this, this is found in Isaiah 55, beginning with verse 8 through 11. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Now, is that a surprise to you that you don't think like God thinks? It's not a surprise to me. I know his thoughts are higher than mine. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as, now, now he's going to give us an example. He wants us to know how he operates. And so this is his example. As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return, but it waters the earth and makes it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Now, wait a minute. Go back. Go back. Go back. Where is God's mouth? On the earth, where is God's mouth? It's on your face. It's on your face. We are, in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 1, it says, Jesus is the head over all things to his body, which is the church. We are the functioning part of Jesus on the earth. And he uses our mouth to speak his word on the earth. He brings it up in our spirit. He shows it to us in his word and he expects us to speak it. So shall it be with my word that goes forth. It will not return void, but it will accomplish. You can go on now to the next one. It will accomplish. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper whereto I sent it. Whereto I sent it. All for any farmers here, my husband's kind of a farmer. He's cute. He's a cute farmer. But, but we have a little bitty farm. It's just Now, next to him is Gary, who has a bigger farm. But all farmers know the principle of seed time and harvest. They know the principle of seed time and harvest. When we're talking about spiritual seed time and harvest, we usually say it like this, oh, it's seed time and harvest. But that's not how it is. In reality, with a farmer... It's seed, time, 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 harvest. Isn't that true? That's true. We don't plant it and harvest it the same day. Though we plant the seed, we get excited. We've got okra that's about this high right now. I would like for it to be this high and have pods on it because I really like okra. Not as much as peaches, but I like okra. But we see it come up. We see it grow. We see the squash when it gets flowers on it. We get excited. Little bitty squash get on it. We don't want them to shrivel up. We want them to get fat so we can eat them. We know that it's not seed time and harvest. It's seed 
time, and harvest. And that's the way our prayers are also. The seed of the word, and we water it with prayer, and the time will come when the harvest will come and your prayer would be answered. In Texas, we have blue bonnets. We love, I do like blue bonnets. I love blue bonnets. My sister and brother and my mother lived in Navasota, and I used to go see them a lot. In the winter, when I would go see them, and late summer when I would go see them, between Conroe and Navasota are, are lots of fields, and they're just bare, just bare, ugly fields. And, and, well, sometimes they have grass on them, but in the winter especially, they're, they're just not pretty. But the rain comes in the winter, we can't see what's going on underneath the ground, but the, the rain and the snow, when we have snow, the rain and the snow are watering the seed of the bluebonnets. And when spring comes, and the harder winter we have, the more beautiful the bluebonnets are. Now, there's something for you to learn from that. The harder it is when you've sown and you're waiting, the more difficult it is, the more glorious it's going to be when the answer comes. When I, when I drive down, when I would drive down in the springtime and the bluebonnets were in full bloom, people drive from all over the country to see our bluebonnets. It's amazing, isn't it? But they were there. You just couldn't see them. That's the way it is with what you're believing God for. He hasn't forgotten you. But it's seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. Let me say again, the biggest reason... The biggest problem with getting your prayers answered is lack of persistent endurance. Lack of persistent endurance. Hebrews 10.36 says it like this. For you have need of patience, the ability to continue to do the right thing. For you have need of patience so that after you have done the will of God. Let me go read it correctly. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what God has promised. You have need of patience. Are you impatient? Boy, I am. I do not like lines. I really don't like it when there's an accident on the freeway and I have to sit in traffic. I'm, I am not patient by nature, but I do know that I have to be patient when I'm waiting for the, for the word of God to come to pass. I read about the African cheetah. The African cheetah is the fastest animal on the earth. That cat can run 70 miles an hour. That's incredible, isn't it? But it's necessary for that cat to catch his prey quickly because the African cheetah has a small heart. And he cannot keep up that pace very long. He gives out, and he just can't keep it up. You know, we, we sometimes have a little heart in prayer. We need to develop a big heart in prayer so that we can keep running, so that we can keep fighting, so that we can keep believing until the answer comes. Persistent prayer requires a big heart, a big heart. We must practice prayer until we have developed uh, you know, muscles, everybody in this room, there may be exceptions to this, but I think most humans have the same muscle makeup. The difference in our muscles is not that I have more muscle than you or you have more muscle than me, but it's how we've developed that muscle. If you go to the gym and you work out, 
you probably have big muscles. I, on the other hand, feel I must protect my muscles from too much exercise. <laughs> and they're covered with a nice, thin, protective layer of fat. <laughs> but I have got one muscle that's big. I've got a prayer muscle. I've got a faith muscle that's huge. I've worked it out. I've, I've used it, and it's strong, and it's big, and I won't give up. I won't give up. I will not give up until the answer comes. I think we call that the fight of faith. Faith and prayer, prayer and faith, they go together. They're two of my favorite subjects. I love to teach on faith. I love to teach on prayer because they go together. And, and if you become proficient in prayer and in your faith, you will be dynamic in your work and in your life, in your natural life and in your spiritual life because it's, it's the muscle of the spirit. But there is a fight, and Satan does not want you to win. You have an enemy. Oh, you say, I don't believe that. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. You don't have to believe it, but let me tell you, Satan is alive and well on the planet Earth. And he would like to keep us from the promises of God. And he would like to discourage us. And he would like to defeat us. In fact, the scripture even tells us that. In the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 25, it says, Satan shall speak words against the Most High God, and he will wear down the saints of the Most High God. He wants to wear you down. He wants to make you tired. He wants you to give up. He doesn't want you to press through. He doesn't want you to obey God. He wants you to give up. Satan wants to hinder you and hinder us from prayer because if he can, he will hinder the plans and purposes of God on the earth. So he attacks our mind. He'll attack your mind to keep you from prayer. He'll try to discourage you. Well, you've prayed for that a long time and it hasn't happened. Well, don't give up. You're still alive. Are you still alive? Is everybody in here still alive? If, if there's anybody around you that's not responding, well, I'll come raise them from the dead. But, <laughs> but we're alive. As long as you have breath in your lungs, there's hope for the answer that you're believing God for. Don't give up. Don't stop. Never stop. The plans of God on earth are birthed in prayer. He's looking. He's looking over the earth. There's a scripture that says God is looking to and fro all over the earth, looking for a human being in whom he can show himself strong, a human being that will demonstrate to the people around them the love of God, that will demonstrate to the people around them the power of God, that will demonstrate to the people around them the glory of God. Oh, Father, you don't need to look any further. Here we are. Here we are. We want to be those people. We want to be those people. One other little Texas example. There's a little term we, we use in Texas. Are you, anybody here not a Texan? If you got here, you're a Texan. I was born here. I'm a native Houstonian. And so I know all these little terms and what they mean. And there's a little term called hunker down. Ever heard that little term? Hunker down. You got to hunker down. I looked it up in the dictionary. I kind of knew what it meant, but I looked it up in the dictionary. And it says to hold resolutely or stubbornly when confronted by opposition, criticism, etc., until the resistance begins to break down. So you hang on. You hang on. It means to squat on your heels as in a birthing condition, position. 
Well, most, of, most Americans don't do that. I think the Indians did that. Maybe foreign countries do that. But what you're doing is birthing a promise of God. So it really is getting in a position and making up your mind, I'm not moving until the answer comes. I'm not stopping until the answer comes. I'm going to receive everything God has for me. I am not going to go to heaven and see all these things stacked up that God wanted to give me, and I was too lazy to believe him for them. I am going to believe God that he's going to keep me well. And if the enemy attacks me with illness, he'll heal my body. I'm going to believe God that he will prosper me and he will make sure that all my needs are met according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I'm going to believe God that my family will prosper, that my church will prosper. I'm believing God for a move of God in this church. We all are. That will stagger your imagination. Oh, I want to see it. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. I believe God. I'm hunkered down, and I'm not moving. Your prayers have to be louder than the cry of sin around you, than the cry of sickness in you, than any other opposition to the Word of God. Not louder in volume. Praying loud may, may make you feel good, but it's not praying loud that does, but it, it's, it's an intensity. It's an intense prayer. It's a confident prayer. It's a determined prayer. It's a persistent prayer that will not ever give up. And it's the ability to wait on the Lord. The final verse, Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Feel weak? Get before the Lord and wait a little bit. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Remember what causes you to not get your promise, to not have your prayer answered? If you don't grow weary and you don't faint. Well, that's fainting. But I want you to notice that we also will soar like eagles. You know how eagles soar? They don't fly like other birds. Eagles don't flap their wings a lot. Eagles find the highest place they can possibly find, and they wait for the thermal winds. And then they just step off into the thermal winds, and they soar. That's the way I want to be in the Spirit. I want to be very aware of the thermal winds of God blowing around me. And I want to stay in his presence and pray and seek his face till I sense the thermal winds and then step off into the thermal winds of the Holy Spirit and let him do what he wants to do in my life and through my life to bless all the people around me. Is that your desire? That should be your desire. Let's pray. Father, make us persistent people of prayer. Let us be determined that we will not be discouraged by circumstances. We will not be discouraged by the messages Satan tries to feed our mind. But we will hunker down in the spirit. And we will wait there in that position for the thermal winds of the spirit. And then we'll step off and in faith receive the promise. Oh, Lord, if there's one person in this place that's not born again, don't let them leave the building till they've received you as Lord and Savior. And is that you? If you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. We're all going to pray with you. But in just a moment of powerful prayer, your eternity can be determined 
and cemented by the power of God. If that's you, slip your hand in the air all over the building. You know, you may also be here and you say, I, I know that I'm born again, but boy, I'm not where I should be with the Lord. I'm, I'm a, a little away from the Lord, and I want to get close to the Lord again, and I want you to pray for me. If that's you, raise your hand. Let me see your hands all over the building. I see your hands. I see your hands. Oh, that's wonderful. We're going to pray this little prayer. This is a powerful prayer. Pray it with us all around. Everybody pray it so everybody will be comfortable praying it. If you didn't raise your hand, you can pray it. And it'll be just as effective. Pray with me. Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. And I know I cannot save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus because I've said yes to you. Right now, Lord, build in me the spirit of persistence. Cause me to desire to pray. Call me to pray. And help me to hunker down and press through and receive the promise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.